And uh, after smashing a few beers, the competition spirit comes out, doesn't it, Shinya? <laughs> the spirit of competition has uh, uh, shown itself again because you and me got drunk <laughs> like <laughs> after the ADCC and started talking shit about the time you and me competed. And then I felt bad because I thought I didn't mean to like, I didn't want to come across as like rubbing it in. You asked me about it. I didn't bring it up just to, just to be totally clear. But then, but after a few beers, you were like, you know what, Luke, you need to give me that one back. We need to, we need to have a rematch. Yeah. You, you owe me a lose. You know, I, I, I lost, uh, I don't know how, how, how I lost. I lost my point. But I think I it was advantage. Know. Was it advantage? I think it was advantage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I still remember the, the referee was David Oy. Oh, he was a referee? David yeah. David oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I couldn't remember. And then Jason Quick was my corner. And then you are representing Evolve. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stronghold Podcast. We are finally back. It has been way too long, Jake, since we've done a podcast together we've had a lot of a lot of things happening in the life recently i love shenanigans i will say yes a lot going on nothing bad just a lot <laughs> yeah well you've been overseas for the last uh, couple of weeks on holiday i've been in bangkok almost every other weekend for for one for the last few months Mul so here we are multiple bouts of food poisoning between the pair of us as well that's, which is the, weird. that's the thailand experience <laughs> yeah multiple bouts of food poisoning and we have a great guest today for you everybody shinya Kakita in the house. <laughs> Shinya's back for round two. Hey, yeah, this is round two. This <laughs> is round two, second time Thanks on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. And we're both rocking your uh, ADCC kit here, which you were so kind enough to just give me, which I appreciate because I did almost nothing at the event. <laughs> yeah, actually, I brought some more for the listener of this podcast. Oh. So you can just have it for, uh, I think I have four more. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna find a way to give these ADCC shirts out. Actually, the shirt design is pretty dope, especially the back of it. It's got like the dragon on it, which is pretty cool. So I love about Japanese people. They always give such best, the best gifts. <laughs> they always give gifts that make me feel like a piece of shit. Like I'm always so rude because Japanese <laughs> people are so polite. They're so nice. They always bring gifts. Um, yes, yeah, Shinya. So let's let's talk a little bit about your uh, event, man. You were just telling me some news. You're you're the head of uh, the Southeast Asian, the coordinator for uh, ADCC. Which is right. now putting on a lot of events here in Singapore. You just did the one, was it two weekends ago? Yes, yes, that's uh, ADCC Singapore Nationals 2023. Yes, uh, yeah. We had uh, less competitors than last one. Uh, last one was in the last year. Uh, was it December? Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that one, this time was uh, supposed to be uh, nationals, so only Singaporean and Singaporean residents. Mm. Uh, but I, I had a few uh, foreigners. We are not supposed to have. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. okay. But it, uh, that was a great event. Yeah. Yeah, it was a super good event. The super fight was badass. Yeah. Mujig, who's been on the podcast, a lot of the listeners here know who Mujig is. He uh, competed against Ashley Williams in the the super fight, which was if you don't know Ashley Williams, he's like a multiple time Europeans champion. He's got some victories over some of the best in the sport. He beat Paula Miao. He beat uh, Ethan Krenlison from B Team. He's just, he's got some amazing. Uh, amazing experience and fucking Mujig was right there with him got caught in the back triangle seemed to struggle there but outside of that moment like Mujig is right there I sent him a text message as soon as his match was over and I was like man you're like his skill level is just right there with the best in the world and he's smaller 
Like yeah, Ash looked way bigger than Mujig. When those tall guys get a body triangle on you, it is a pain in the ass <laughs> to get that thing off. Because <laughs> like, because Ash is long and lean, yep. and uh, you know Mujig's got nasty guard passing. And then it seemed like somewhere in the middle of a guard pass, uh, Ash was able to just scramble toward his back and then got the got the body triangle in there, had it for a couple minutes, and then Mujig was able to escape, but. Yeah, yeah Muzik uh, had a, a lot of good escapes. His his fundamentals are so solid. Yeah, it's amazing. I I loved it. I love his escapes. Yeah, and his defense, like the defense. Is good. I, was, I was sitting there uh, talking to David Wee, and I was like, man, it's going to be so tough to submit Muzik because he does not stop fighting until the bitter end. Even if you like, you know, someone can score on him or something, that's hard enough alone. Uh, but that was a great fight, man. I think he's told me before he's still planning on going to. Is it the Europeans or? He told me he was going to go to another uh, big competition, but he would be a lower weight class because uh, what, what was this? Do you remember what the weight class was? He's supposed to be under 66. Yeah, I think Mujik is actually smaller, would be smaller than that if he goes to Mujik a big... Mujik is under 66 also, but uh, the, 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 the event was under 70. Right, that's what it was. The event was under 70. That's yeah, what it was. So, yeah. it was, it was a... so how did you uh, get manage to get uh, Ash to compete? What was the situation with him being here? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. David Oi, uh, oh, he, okay. yeah, he, he brought him, actually. He, he brought him, basically. And then he suggested me to have the super fight uh, Ashray versus uh, uh, Mujik. Yeah. So now I just tried to make it. Yeah. I tried to get sponsors, but I couldn't get it. So, uh, yeah, he... It takes time, hey. It's going to yeah, take time. It but time. it's always nice to have, like, high-level, world-class grapplers in here. I remember Keenan showed up and competed in a competition like five year, four or five years ago. Remember that? Right, right. That one sponsored by Hyperfly. That was Hyperfly. Hyperfly, right. yeah. Yes, but it's nice to see high-level people competing here. And it's good to see like a, a local coach and training partner for a lot of people go in there and compete really well with some of the best in the world. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, dude. No, it was good. And the other... Uh, the ADCC is just the best. The format is just the best. The, the matches are the best. It's kind of weird, though, because I see, I think it's because Nogi is so popular in, in Singapore at the moment. It's getting more and more popular. Yeah. Yep. That, like, I walked in because uh, I had a private lesson earlier that morning, and then I, I went to the fights. And it's like, as soon as you walk into that, you just see people, like, holding their ankles and their arms and their elbows, and people just sitting on the side. Like, And I'm like, oh, yep, this is a jiu-jitsu competition. <laughs> you just see, like, 20-year-olds randomly, like, strewn all over the mats, like, holding their knees and their ankles and their feet. And I'm like, this is a weird little thing that we do where everybody just beats each other up in Badoke Sports Hall for fun. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. No, that was cool, man. So how was the whole experience with the... Because I think that what you do is so much harder than, like, what everybody else does. Organizing that shit, dude, dealing with all the individual people, whether it's, like, parents or kids or adults or staff or oh, yeah. coaches yelling at whoever or from... A, like, it's just, like, it's a fucking nightmare to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, yeah, I'm just helping, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, the main guy. <laughs> I'm not the main guy. Yeah. You're the one everybody looks to when there's a problem. They're like, Shinya. Shinya, I hear that all the time. Shinya. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, yeah, I, yeah that was like a really uh, a lot of things to do. Yeah, I don't want to, uh, basically, I don't want to run any competition. Mm. Uh, you know, my friend Ian, uh, Ian Kwak, Ian Kwak, Ian Kwak, Ian Kwak. Uh, he, yeah, he's running. He's the main guy. So, so you're I'm just in charge of him. the rules and stuff. I'm just in charge of the rules and I'm just helping him. So I'm. Dude, I can't. I can't believe you would do that job though. Like when I think of like what's the best and worst jobs at a jiu-jitsu competition, like obviously competing is fine. You just have one little thing. Even like the people that make make the rules on the side, that's okay. Refereeing sucks. 
Like re- being a referee is the thank. It's the worst, like least thankful job that anybody does. Because most of the time it's just one coach yelling something at you, and then the other coach yelling another thing at you, and then like these purple belts or whatever, just like, oh, I'm just trying. <laughs> yeah. to, when, just, when it's like two high level black belts like yelling at the poor purple belt who's judging you, like, oh, my heart goes out to you, kid. Like, yeah. sorry. And I don't know what it is. I feel like I don't know. Do you think it's true, Shenya? I feel like jujitsu black belts or jujitsu coaches in general argue with the referee more than any other sport that I've ever seen. Right, right. I mean, that's a part of their job, right? That, you know, they're representing the team and then they need to, you know... <laughs> yeah, but could you imagine, like, every single player or coach just yelling at, like, NFL referees or football referees? Have you or... never watched the game of football? But, dude, it's like every match, every coach <laughs> is yelling something at the ref. It's like... It's cause, and also, there's so many coaches, right? At least if you're playing football or something, it's like the coach of the team yelling at the referee. Yeah, sure, yeah. It's not like there's 10 coaches yelling at the referee every hour. Mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right, that's true, yeah. that's true. Who could do immense physical harm to you if they wanted to? Yeah, and then the funny thing that I always find this is weird about the Brazilian coaches is like Brazilians are super intense about competition. Mm. Like, and they often compete against other Brazilians. And Brazilians get so like passionate when they're coaching that they'll start talking shit, right? There's a few of the coaches that talk shit. We know who they are. And when they're talking shit to the other coaches, they'll both start talking shit. And then they're fired up as they're talking shit to each other. And then right after it, it's just like, ah. And they'll be yelling at the, their students. They'll be yelling at the referee. They'll be screaming shit at the other coach. And then the second the match is over, it's just like, ah, you know. It's like, okay. It's like, dude, that was a whole thing. I just... <laughs> Yeah, they're cool, they're cool. I mean, some of the coaches, they yell at me uh, when I was doing the referee in the other competition. Uh, but after yelling at me, you know, we just talk like mm. each other. <laughs> it's okay, yeah. they're cool, they're cool. No, yeah. I, what I like now about you, Shinya, is that you've found your authority. Okay, you don't put up with that shit anymore. Because I saw some people saying stuff to you, and you're just like, no, that's stupid. Like, this is like, you're just put, drawing the line now. Like, none of that. That's what you need to do, dude. Flex, flex that authority, bro. That's the move. Yeah, but in ADCC, it's a bit different. Because you judge, you score from the table. The, the, the referee on the mat, they don't do any, any yeah. scoring. Which I like. I think that is the most fair way to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, it's so funny. Because you, you and me used to referee together. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Back in the day, we've, we've done it all together. Yeah, right. And, uh, but after I did a few of those competitions, I was like, I'm not doing that shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be the guy arguing with the referee than the referee, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I just get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Someone has to do it. Someone does have to do it. Otherwise, there'll be no fun for anybody. Right, just, but, but still, it's a, I think it's a thankless job is all I'm trying to say. So for all of you ADCC officials... We love you. We need you. Without you, none of this would be possible. Thank you. Thank you. So when you get some uh, Brazilian or American dude yelling at you in a competition, it's okay. They they don't mean it. Just they're just angry in the moment. It's fine. (laughs) So that was a good one, man. Now what's the what's the plan with ADCC? Because I think was it only two one two years ago, or did they really start to pick up? I guess basically since you started doing it, and now they're doing the competitions quite frequently. Yeah, we try to do at least twice a year, and this year we, I try to do four times. Uh, I mean, we try to do four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest one will be on 25th November. Uh, it's going to be the Asia-Oceania trials. So if you win uh, the division, you go to uh, World Championships mm. in 2024. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the plan. Yeah. What's the... Uh so that's the big one. Is that one going to be on Fight Pass? It's going to be on the UFC Fight Pass. Oh, yes. shit. <laughs> Make you famous. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? 
You need to compete. <laughs> no, that's that's fucking awesome. That it's because dude, COVID killed everything for so long. Yeah, COVID destroyed true. a lot of that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, because uh, one of my students was mentioning me to me that ADCC is going to be on Fight Pass. I didn't know if the last one was going to be on or not. Last I didn't know not- if you were asking about a commentator or something because I didn't. I'd heard that it was going to be, but I didn't know when or what the details were or whatever. Mm. And then uh, so that one will be. And then you also say there's one in Bangkok that also will be. Yeah, we are doing 27th of May, next month, 27th May. Uh, when is this going to be on there? When will this be posted? This, yeah. Oh, this will be posted by like uh, Tuesday, probably? Tuesday. Oh, this week? A couple days only? Yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah, next month, uh, 20, 27th May, uh, Bangkok's ADCC Southeast Asia Championship in Bangkok. It's going to be on uh, Fight Pass also. Oh, yeah. dude, that's so sick, though. Yeah. I love that the uh, grappling matches are getting on Fight Pass, especially the ADCC ones. Right. Only the pro division, so make sure you uh, compete. Because we have no pro division in the women division. Yeah, the I know. Division. I was so sad. I was so yeah, sad. Yeah, my wife was like, she got, she got FOMO. It, for, like she was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know if I want to do another one because she did the one in December or whatever. Right. And then she's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do another one. And then Shinya starts hustling her and sending her DMs <laughs> and shit. And then she's like, Shinya keeps messaging me, asking me to go, go and compete. The problem is that she's only 50 kilos. But yeah. I didn't know because that was under 60, right? Under 60 or, yeah, above 60. Yes, only That's the divisions. problem. I just can only see like Tiffany Teo try to rip off Charmaine's head so many times <laughs> before I'm like, you need to compete with people your own weight class. <laughs> Because that is just such a fucking big weight dis- disadvantage. And, like, there are some g- girls that are, like, Charmaine's size. Uh, you know, like Sue and... Um, Sue, yeah, Sue. And, and uh, what was the girl that won? Sorry, her, her name... Uh, oh, Sheen, Sheen. Sheen, yeah, that's Sheen. right. I only met her, I think, that, that day, so... Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she ended up winning the the absolute in the... Oh, yeah, she won the... Absolute. The belt. She won the belt. The belts look sick, man. Yeah, actually, she designed it. She designed it. <laughs> oh, well, that's got to be glorious. <laughs> to win the belt designed you designed it, is... Won it. Is, is pretty badass. Yeah. yeah, she's doing MMA fights too. She's looking like a beast. Yeah, she needs to keep better. on training. Yeah. We got her super drunk at that thing too. <laughs> at the after party. That's that's how this whole podcast started, listeners. We were, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Shinya invited me to an open bar fucking after party <laughs> at ADCC, after ADCC, which is always a mistake, Shinya. You should never... <laughs> Should never invite me to an open tab thing, or it's going to end up with us doing a podcast, getting drunk on my couch, or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's the story of how we got here. And we are drinking beers, everybody. Shinya's got his, he, br- he even brought his own mug. He's got his own little mug there. <laughs> Why do you do that? Why do you bring your own? Okay, so what, this one. What's the story the behind this? It's an uh, insulation. <laughs> oh, it just keeps it colder. Yeah, and then also, uh, if I. I don't drink soda usually, mm. so it's too too strong for my throat. Soda, <laughs> soda, soda is too strong for you. But the... my beer and whiskey, not a problem. Only beer, uh, only beer, okay. only beer. Yeah, only beer and whiskey, okay. Ah, see, <laughs> I knew it. Actually, Shinya, can you hand me one of those? Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. One of those beers? Uh, yeah. Can you pass me one of those? Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, bro. Oh, we lost the hat. All right. Cheers. Yeah. So this whole uh, this whole podcast just started on some <laughs> drunken drunken ramblings, and then. All of a sudden, we end up here doing a, a podcast. Yeah, right. So you, you I think you, you bought some uh, tequila shot. I don't remember how many, but I only remember one or two. After I bought that. for the whole bar for, every, <laughs> for everybody that was there. So I think like 10 or something like that. Ten. I was like, fuck yeah. it. See, that's what happens when I get two, two or three beers in me. I'm like, shots for the whole bar. <laughs> and then I look at my credit card the next day and I'm like, Great. <laughs> Yikes. I don't remember how many rounds you bought, but 
I only remember first round and second round. I don't remember. And also, I was there drinking like 45 minutes before you got there. <laughs> so Charmaine and I showed up first, right? We were there for like 30 minutes before everybody else. And Charmaine was like, this is kind of lame. And I was like, really? I'm enjoying the hell out of this. They keep serving me this beer. I don't have a problem with this. And then uh, everybody ended up showing up. Your crew's really good, too. Oh, yeah, they did really well, yeah. It was pretty smoothly run. That was what everybody was saying. Because that's the one thing when you go to a competition that can be brutal. Yep. Is like waiting around, the structure being terrible, not knowing when you're going to go, and going super late. Like Everybody's willing to concede a little bit. You know, everybody's willing to be like, okay, it's an organization, it takes some time, uh, but this one was smooth. I think your oh, staff you, is getting you. better. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, the, the last one went like one hour ahead of the smooth comp uh, schedule, but the, 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 the event before the last one, uh, that was, we went like three hours ahead. So some of the competitors didn't show up on, the, on time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I heard heard that as well. It's a, it's a, but it's like a delicate balance. It's like, oh, we're trying to get you out here early, and then people are like, well, I didn't know it was supposed to go up. And then, like, but if you're two hours late, everybody's like, why is it taking so long? Everybody's just spoiled. No, but but it was running pretty smooth. Your your staff is getting really really good, and uh, the officials are getting better too. Yeah, which is, which is the, well. the most important thing. Yeah, because ADCC rules are different. Yeah. Different from most of the most of the like IBJJF for example, yeah. right? Which is the most common one. Yeah. And I always love the ADCC competitions because, and I don't I don't mean this as a disrespect. It's just but like, like there's no evolved people, and there's like no fama people. And I, I don't mean that out of disrespect to those gyms. I only mean it's like then you see like the nogi people, right? Yeah, <laughs> you get to see this different group of nogi people who focus mostly on nogi because like you go, dude, you go to a. IBJJF gi competition and there's like 40 competitors from Evolve. Evolve's got like 50 kids competing. Yeah. Sometimes and then adults will be something like similar. And then you go to a no-gi competition you see like one Evolve person. And that's not shitting on Evolve. I'm just saying that you get to see a different representation Mm -hmm. of the people competing. And uh, especially because some gyms are putting more and more emphasis on no-gi. Because most of the gyms in Singapore do you, okay, Shinya, when you do your classes do you have, is it like 50-50 gi no-gi? I used to be 50-50, but now I only have one gi class a week. One gi class? Yeah, because some of the... Oh, so you went full no gi. <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, shit. I don't know why. You so- do the thing I've been like dreaming of doing for so long. Yeah, only, <laughs> one, only one or two people coming on the, on the gi class. Really? Yeah, and then they started complaining. Oh, hey, Shinya, can you, can you cancel the gi class and do the gi- no gi class instead? Yeah. So I just <laughs> no gi class, yeah. So are you doing that because... Uh, like popular demand, or are you doing that because like you just want to shift your school more toward the nogi form? No, I love both gi and nogi. I love gi. Yeah, I love gi also. Gi looks cool, right? Uh, black belt. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. That's the only reason. I feel like nowadays that's like the only reason people do the gi, just because they want to wear the fucking belt. Like they just they just want to wear that belt. Yeah. I have so I have one of my students. I've been teaching the Matrix. You know the move the Matrix. It's like a it's like a K guard back take where you just fucking like slip around the, the outside. I've been uh, teaching it, and then I've been injured, though, because I got hit in a cab and fucked my back up. And so I have a slip disc in my back, so I haven't trained in maybe seven weeks. And then I was just, like, fucking around with one of the guys on the mat yesterday, and then he hit me with a matrix. And I was like, God, Guy's so stupid. <laughs> I'm teaching it, right? But it's one of those things where it's like, you go to a K-guard, and then you dig through, and you grab the belt, and then you, like, ch- it's like this elaborate grip-changing thing that you have to do over and over again, and people just, like, disappear behind you. And, then it, and I'm teaching it. And then as soon as one of the students did to me, I was like, this is bullshit. What am I, why am I, it's like when someone tries to barambola me and succeeds. I'm not mad because, I should be mad because I suck and got barambolaed, but I'm mad at the move. 
I'm like, this move is stupid. Even though I just got hit with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you, need, you need both gi training and no gi training. Yeah. Gi training is good for uh, improving your defensive skill, like submission defense and positional escapes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely true. Because yeah. you can't slip out of shit yeah. as easily. But I think at this rate, if you keep going the road you're going, you're going to be like a nogi school. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not trying to make it doggy school, but and then you're gonna have to convince your students to come in and put on the pajamas. Yeah, I, I, I'm doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, oh, please come to the key class because it's important, also. Yeah, it is it's important. very important. Yeah, it's fundamental. It, it is important. It's yeah. just like I feel like the gi, you know, the gi has its own meta, it has its own like meta game that is so grip heavy and it's so like sport specific that it loses a little bit of its actual like martial arts applicability does that make sense it's like if you're gonna just keep barren bowling people like i see some people do gi jujitsu and i'm like that doesn't even look like jujitsu to me it's like it's not even the same thing you see people worm guard barren bowling a lot of like upside down inversions trying to sneak through to the back, very pull, pull fingers inside the fucking ass crack of the pants and like <laughs> pulling the pants down and try to dig through the back and all, constantly like upside down in their head or inverted. And, and at some point I'm like, this isn't even the thing that I was taught. <laughs> now that's still extremely effective. Yeah. I mean, some of the techniques doesn't make sense on the street or on the, like, any of the combat or with punches or with the punches that's yeah. the biggest so you thing you have right? to do it fast yeah you have to do it fast it, it works I guess I mean it works definitely but you need to do it fast I think yeah, yeah well gi, no gi jiu jitsu captures a little bit more of like the actual like martial art content because you're not trying to control the clothes you're trying to control the body mm-hmm. right and that's such a that's such a big difference um, but you know if you ever get in a fight in fucking Canada all those motherfuckers <laughs> yeah. have ma- massive coats on Dude, you'll spider guard triangle the shit out of those dudes. <laughs> but I, I remember the first time the first time I ever did no gi was at Stronghold with you. And I just remember like I could get myself into positions where in the gi I'd have a really good submission lined up. And I just had nothing. I couldn't yeah. I didn't submit anyone for like three months or something like that. Just because I just couldn't do it because it was so different. And like even something like especially leg attacks are so much harder in the gi, because people can just use like a sleeve grip. Or, or collar grip or whatever you can't you can't extend or you can't connect the hands or something like that but there is something cool about gi but what it's not is like interesting to watch mm. that's the worst thing about it it's fun to do i feel like it's like golf yeah. golf is probably fun to do but goddamn as a spectator it's brutal right everybody <laughs> says that it's so much fun to play it's so much fun to play it's like gi jiu-jitsu super fun to play Horrible to watch, dude. It's so boring. Do you watch the Gi, the gi World Championships? Um, sometimes, yes. 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 You're, I feel like you're still in denial. <laughs> in denial about how boring Gi Jiu-Jitsu is to watch. Will you put on any Gi competitions? Yeah, anytime. I, I mean, I, I'm too busy to do it, but anytime if, I, if anybody want to you know, compete, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you still have time to do all of the things. Don't you have a full-time job? I do have a full-time and job. I just like finished work. Kids <laughs> and the academy and ADCC and <laughs> Well, I was wondering if you would ever shift it into like a full-time profession so mm. you could like put all of your time into this. Wow, that, that's yeah, that would be awesome. That's my dream. You're dream you're living in the, in my dream. <laughs> but I the money's not as great. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> the money is not as good. Yeah. That, that's for sure. But that's the thing. It's like for me, it was about time more than the money. 
because I could definitely make more money doing other jobs. Of course. Yeah. But to me, and I feel like Americans are more like this, like Europeans and Americans in general are much more like uh, concerned about what they're doing with their day rather than like how much money they're making for their day. And of course, there's sometimes those things are going to overlap. But I remember when I first, when we finally Stronghold broke even and we had enough money to pay for everything, we had enough money to get an employee. I knew like the gym wasn't going to go under. And then Jake and I starting to get the podcast going. And I just remember thinking for the first time in my life, I'm actually free. Even though I don't have tons of money, but I'm finally free. I'm doing something that I want to do all day. Because every other job that I have was just like a job. It was just yeah. like something you go to every day. And it's not like I minded it. Like even when I was a teacher, it's not like I was like, oh, this is the worst. I hate this every day. But it was definitely not something that I was like really fucking pumped to do all day, every day. And so when I shifted careers and then I cut my salary in half, like instantly, I was like, shit, this may have been a terrible, <laughs> this may have been a horrible scary, mistake. Right? Scary, Super scary. It was super scary, super stressful. That's why when we did manage to break even and I was doing this as a job, it was just like, fuck, like a weight off the soul. I was like, oh, I finally don't have to go into this office and like have this boss blah, 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 just telling me shit in my head and I have to go and be the good soldier and do it. And that doesn't mean any disrespect to people that do that because I know that's most people. And I did that for many, many years as many of us have. But when I was free of it, I was like, oh, like I can release. I don't have to go to some office and be yelled at by some dickhead that I don't even <laughs> care about or like or doesn't even know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> right, right, that's... Yeah, I wish one day I want to be like that. I want to, you know, do the things I like to do. Yeah. But you somehow managed to do it all on top of your already yeah. full-time job. It's <laughs> just absolutely insane. Yeah, I still love it. I still love all the things I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you're, you have your own form of, of freedom because that's really what it's about, right? It's like doing what you like to do. And, uh, but even when you do stuff that you like to do, it still becomes work. Right. right. Like I still yeah, exactly. go to the gym. There's still days when I'm going to go and teach a class and I'm just like being a bitch and I'm like, oh, oh I'm going to work today. And, and then, then you got to like slap yourself in the face and be like, you yeah. idiot. What are you talking about? This is what you fucking wanted to do. When I had the dream job of being a full time musician and like, uh, yeah, living the high life and touring all around Europe and stuff like that, you're like, oh, it sounds brilliant, but it was just work. It just became a pain in the ass after a while. And you were like, oh, God, we've got to sit in the van for the light two days now to get across Europe yeah, there's nothing fun to it and it was just a job even though I was doing exactly what I loved it became a grind yeah that always happens even yep. no matter what you love it will always become a grind at some point I suppose the, the thing is though that like yeah it was a grind but I loved doing it so the grind was okay I guess the problem comes when it's a grind and you hate what you're doing then yeah. you've got problems well it can make you love like kind of lose a little bit of love for some of the things that you love so much. You see this, Shinya, I'm sure you've seen this a million times. Dude. Every jiu-jitsu coach has seen this. Like you, 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 get, you get a student who gets obsessed with training, right? And they fucking love it. And they want to be there all day. And they're there like once or twice a day, five or six days a week for like a year or two. And then they just burn out hard. They burn out hard, and then this thing that they love, they grind it and grind it and grind it and grind it. And maybe they're like a blue belt or like a two-stripe blue belt, maybe close to purple. And then they think, fuck, I still have seven or eight more years of this before I'm going to be a black belt. <laughs> and then the time just like crashes on top of you, and it makes you feel like this hope. Like, how long can I sustain this? And then sometimes they'll leave, and they won't come back. Or sometimes they'll leave, and they'll come back later. Or You must have seen tons of that. Yeah, right. I've seen that so many times. Yeah, you 
yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, if you do it too much, it's, I mean, yeah, it's up, up to you, but, uh, yeah, it's difficult, yeah, it's difficult. He's like, I'm Japanese, dude, I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah, we, what we are just, you lazy bastards just, talking we, about? <laughs> when we say we're going to do something, we go, we show up, we're going to do it every fucking day. Yeah, you, I don't understand okay. what these pussies are crying about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I lost motivation. <laughs> well, you don't need motivation to keep doing jujitsu, right? See? It's just a part of the... Spoken like a Japanese badass, dude. <laughs> like, you don't need motivation, first... you just show up, you bitch. No, listen, listen, you, you're first to you make habit, and habit will make you. You're right, you are right <laughs> yeah. about that. And yeah. you're a worker so people should people should listen man that's so true it is a, at a certain point it becomes about that yeah. the just discipline of, of doing it and doing yeah, it. just doing it <laughs> it's a little bit like a marriage right because here's what happens in a marriage and i should know because i've been in two of them <laughs> so <I've, laughs> i am the most experienced person in this house not being for married long term that's you jake yeah shinya how long you been married you, I've been married 13. Oh, you got 13, me. Oh, yeah. he's got you, B. You got me. I'm only t I'm 10. 10. Yeah. Well, if you include the two that I've had together, I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good. It's definitely not good. <laughs> no, it's not great. But it is like a marriage training in a sense that, like, even in your marriage, sometimes you have these lulls, right? It can be difficult. to, And then you'll have long patches where it's great. And, and like, training is easy. And then you have these, like, it can even be for months, three, four, five, six months, where it's just like, you don't want to go. But then somebody will show, like, a cool move, or you'll see a new pathway that you hadn't seen before, or you'll maybe you'll do some more no-gi or some more gi, or maybe you'll switch to box, and you can refine it, you can refine the love for it, and it will comes and goes in waves. Sometimes it's easy, and other times you're just like, oh, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be doing this. Yeah, there's the days, you know, you don't want to come to the training. Of course, there is, there are some days, but once I come and then start training and I enjoy it, so I enjoy it. So it's, it's okay. I mean, you need to, you need to, uh, like, you need to love jiu-jitsu, right? And then if you love it, you know, no matter how you feel, you don't like to come, but you come anyways and then you do it and you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's all about getting there. Yeah, getting there. Yeah, just Once you're in the gym, yeah. it's fine. Right. It's just that can you take the 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 public transit to get there yeah just move can you <laughs> get there yeah, if right. you get in the door everybody's fine yeah. but when they're at home watching netflix and then it's like oh, almost time to go to the gym you're like fuck well i always, i mean I, I have one more episode on this show <laughs> that i'd really like to finish <laughs> i was just lie to myself like if, when i'm like going to the gym now and stuff like that i'm just like well i'll if i'll do one set of push-ups and then if i'm not feeling it i'll just stop and i won't bother and once you've got that first set out of the way, then, you know, the blood's pumping and you go in, then you're fine. You go in and, and then you can get through it. it but it is the motivation to get started right. is the hard part. So I just lie to myself and be like, I'll just, I'll just do one and then I'm done. And if I don't want to do it, I won't do it. And then I end up doing it. I think we've all been there. Maybe not Shinya, because he seems like seems like he doesn't really give a shit. He's like, if I'm here, I'm here. I've been there. I've been there many, many times of just like, sitting in the like there, there were days especially when i was fighting and i knew that i was like gonna get my ass kicked when i went to the gym like if you're doing casual training it's not that bad but competition training sometimes can be a motherfucker like real competition training like if you're going in with a group of like five six eight ten people and you're gonna spend six eight weeks of kill like proper competition training not just like going to class a few times a week and then i'm gonna show up to the competition which is, I feel like, how it is in Singapore, unfortunately. Mm. I don't know if it's where... Evolve wasn't as bad. Evolve, like, the people that were competing, they showed up a lot more than, like, some other places that I've been. Mm. Um, but it seems like 
to me, most of the competition mentality is like, I'll just go to class four or five times a week. And then in the class, I'm going to get the competition training in. And then I just go to show up to class and then I'm going to go compete. But the reality is, is like, if you want to compete and win, you need to be going multiple times a day. You need to be drilling. You need to be rolling. You need to be thinking about the rules, which for ADCC are really important. For the longest time, I could not get my students to turtle. I can't get them to turtle because they don't want to give up their back. And I'm like, ADCC rules, you have to have a good turtle. You have to. That is like literally written into the rules. Otherwise, you're going to give up guard points, like get a guard pass or something like that. You're going to be fucked. You have to be able to turtle and get out and then reestablish some offense and attack. And like a turtle is a superhuman weapon in ADCC if you're good at it. Yeah, you have to be uh, yeah, really good at turtle. Yeah. Opening it and defensively. Right, right. Yeah, you have to be able to take the back from the turtle. You have to be able to flip the turtle. Yeah, you have to, you know, attack the turtle. And regard. Yeah, regard. Yeah, also. Yeah, you have to also use the turtle to not to let the, the top guy score. Yeah, that's also, you have to use the turtle defensively as well. Yeah, because if yeah. you get outflanked and you're about to get your guard passed, right. and you know, it's a typical thing like in the gym, but this is what I'm saying about the competition thing is like in the gym, when somebody's about to pass you to side control, you're just going to stay there and try to escape side control. Because why would I risk giving my back? Mm. But that's not competition training. Mm. In competition training, you can't give up those points. Mm. You have to turtle. Otherwise, they're going to score. Mm. And it's like once they score, dude, sometimes you're against a guy that's your level, one guard pass, and that shit is like over. It's not as bad with ADCC because you don't have to close. So it's, escapes are more frequent than in like the gi i feel like but yeah i mean but you have to do that and there's some risk there but if you get good in that position it can be really strong so for like my point is is for competition training you need to be like training to compete under those rules specifically mm-hmm. you need to have regimented training it should be like a professional type thing like at least a part-time job you should be showing up four, three, four hours a day, like one class in the morning, one class in the evening, five, six days a week, like you would a part-time job at the very least. But I feel like most of the people just kind of like go to class and then they rock up on the competition, yeah. which is okay. Which is okay, yeah. But your results are not going to be what you <clears throat> would like if that's what you think the competition training should be. Um, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, many people, okay, actually, many people pulled out in the last minute, uh, like, one week before they start signing up. Many people start signing up. One week before the comp. You know why? Yeah. I know exactly why. Why? Because they can see who's in their division most, most closely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You, you want to know why? That is why. I know exactly oh. what these people do. They wait because if you submit your name early, you, you got to go. You're, you're like probably going to go. But people will wait and see who's in their division until like the deadline ends. Oh. And then they decide if they... W- this is what they do, dude. Trust oh. me on this. Oh, but the movies to force you... Like, last time I did a competition, I just signed up. The second the sign-up opened, I just signed up because I knew that I had to do it. And it made me show up and it made me train at least for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, and don't look. If you can't handle it, don't look at who's in your division. (laughs) Yeah, don't... Just show. Just show up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to... Yeah, that's not the whole point, right? I mean, winning is like just uh, icing on the cake. You, if you, if you, uh, I mean, you, you try to, nobody want to lose, right? Nobody want to lose, so you try harder before the competition. You have to put time on it, you have to put your effort. Yeah, you try and you know, uh, trying harder. And then I think that's the time you improve a lot. And, you know, as a result, you lose or win, it's not really important. Yeah. My opinion. No, you were always like that. You yeah. competed 
A ton. And, I mean, you've been competing in Singapore for a long yeah. time. I love it. Like, my hair. My hair is the same thing. My, my hair, yeah, he's he doesn't give compete. a fuck. He'll just go in there and he'll compete and he wins, he loses. It doesn't matter. Like he's won, he's lost. He just doesn't give a shit. He just, like, uses it as motivation to train. That's how you got to be. Yeah. But if you're seeing a massive influx of both dropouts and sign-ups right before the divisions close, I can tell you why that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and then some people just fall out on the day or even after closing the registration and then they, oh, sorry, I yeah. cannot compete. I mean, As if you haven't had that date blocked out for fucking <laughs> Oh, it's, it's my sister's wedding, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. I get it. I, I get it. I mean, some I, get injuries, that's, you know. Some get injuries. Some get cold feet. Yeah. Some, you know, whatever the re- may have actual so, yeah. reasons, but. Some, some people are looking at the scales the morning before going, oh, this ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so important. The competition is just. It's so important to do because this is what I even try to tell like my wife and new people. Like when you compete, you think that the whole world is watching. Like you, you feel like every person there is like scrutinizing you and like, oh, if I lose, they're gonna know. And if they know, they're gonna think I suck, and everybody's gonna know <laughs> I suck. And then that's all they're gonna say is how much I suck. When the reality is, is like everybody's thinking about their own shit. And almost nobody cares. Nobody yeah. cares yeah. Like literally nobody gives a fuck if you win or lose. Right. It's just like, okay, you won. Cool. You're good. Oh, you lost. Okay. Maybe you're good, but you didn't win this time. Or, oh, you lost. Maybe you got more. Nobody's like judging you as a person. Like, oh, did you see that guy get his guard pass? What a little bitch. <laughs> literally nobody is like doing that, right? And but it feels you- like that. But worst case scenario as well is like what's the, like the actual worst thing that's going to happen? That all right, you get subbed in ten seconds by something flying. Well, awesome! You're going to go on YouTube and be on a highlight reel, and you could be like, "Look, that's me." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least I'm trying. Yeah, what did you do? I mean, it is embarrassing when you lose, but it's embarrassing more to you than everybody else. But it feels like it's embarrassing, like you're embarrassing everybody who you know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right? But that's not real. It feels like that. Yeah, actually, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody yeah. gives a shit. I am um, Dr- Draculino once did a seminar here, and I went to that, and someone asked him, and like the kid who asked him was like a white belt basically, and said like, "Oh, I get, I get so nervous before competitions, and you know, have you got any advice for me and stuff like that?" And that's basically what I said. He was like, "What are you getting nervous for? You're not fighting for like world titles. You're not like you know an IBJF champion. You're just a kid in the local competition. Don't get nervous. Just enjoy it and have a good time and enjoy the experience." Yeah. Well, you're still going to get nervous, but you just have to understand what it is. Yeah, right. I think you. it depends on how much you train before the competition. If you yeah, how try, prepared are you? Exactly, yeah. So if you're prepared for the competition, you, you're trying hard. You try your best you can do. You put your effort and you put your, you know, as much time you know, you, you possibly you can. You, know? you, you, you do everything you can do and then you don't get nervous. Yeah. Because you cannot do it anymore. Right? If you win, you're happy. If you lose, yeah, you just have some things to work on. I'm stuck at jujitsu anyway, so I'm gonna have to improve. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. That's, that's it. the whole game. Yeah, that's the whole game. Yeah. yeah, right. And before the competition, everybody tries their best. I mean, everybody should try their best. So that's why you you can improve more. So uh, to compete is very very important in order to improve. My opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's like, and also like your mistakes getting exposed in like a public situation which is what happens at jiu-jitsu competitions like someone wins someone loses somebody made a mistake and then somebody capitalized on that mistake like that's not bad for you 
you know, like that, it feels like shit. It feels like you, <laughs> when you, when you fuck up and someone takes your back and chokes you, you're like, that's not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> that does not feel very good, but it is good. Yeah. It is good for you. Mm. It's like, cause there's nothing bad other than what you feel in that brief moment. But 10 years later, when you're looking back at, back at some competition and somebody choked you, like, you don't give a fuck. <laughs> you're just like, oh yeah, that guy choked me. And it's like, right, it was like 10 years ago. Like, Nobody is like attached to that memory anymore. Yeah, maybe in a world championship, if you lost and you got choked, yeah, you might be fucking. <laughs> You're allowed to be a bit upset then. But like a local jiu-jitsu competition, who gives a shit? No, it's yeah. good fun. It's We're all part having fun. of the process, right? Part of the process to improve. And yeah, yeah, we should do another gym competition, shouldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, we should. We should, yeah. we should do another gym. It's been a while. Yeah, when, it's been a while. Right yeah. at the end of COVID, we put on like a joint. Me and Shinya and Major and was that it? Me, you, and Major? Yep, me, you, and Major, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all did like an in-house jiu-jitsu competition at Stronghold, which was sick. Because it was before the competitions came back, right? Wasn't that? Exactly, yeah, yeah, right before, right before, yeah. Because COVID measures were just starting to end, but they couldn't do like a big thing yet. It was mm -hmm. like we had to have a certain amount of people. I can't remember what it was, 20, whatever the number was. Yeah. And then uh, we did a, a little like local, just our guys rolling with their guys, and then we would referee, and uh, I refereed poorly. I was extremely biased toward my own my own students. <laughs> as of, no, <laughs> <laughs> nothing but wings for strong old students. Yeah, we were, in every match we were, uh, undefeated in my books. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. We should do more stuff like that. Yeah. But now, just even this like joint training sessions would be cool. Yeah, because yeah, even yeah. for people that don't want the stress of competition, it's so important to roll with people from other schools because mm. other schools have different style, different moves that they work on. Right, right, right. Yeah. What do you guys? Uh, what do you? What do you prioritize a lot at your your school, Shinya? Like fundamentals. You, yeah, fundamentals. Like escapes, defense. Like what um, style do you teach normally? Style. So um, that's a good question. I, we have a curriculum. Most of most of the school don't. Mm. Uh, yeah, we true. just follow uh, the curriculum. We have only hundred twenty something techniques in the curriculum. We just follow and just yeah. What is it uh, focus on? Is it like uh, um, half guard, open guard? Like, is there like a particular open guard, or like, is it a half guard butterfly? Like, what kind of, what kind of guards are you mostly? Uh, oh, it's just under? basic. Uh, yeah, close. I can show you. Okay, hold on. But make sure you keep that mic right next to your face. Okay, there, hold on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Do I have curriculum here? No, I don't. Okay. I sorry, I forgot to download this. I think I have it here. Um, Okay. Uh, they doing a lot of the ADCC style stuff too as part of your curriculum, or is it? No, like, no, no. It's, it's not about the. Is ADCC. it gi or no gi mostly? Because you do uh, mostly no gi, right? So all, all the technique we teach uh, works on gi and no gi. Also. Uh, yeah, I, I do similar. Yeah. Yeah, just fundamental. And only a few techniques with the karachok yeah. and stuff. Uh, that's okay. So this is a curriculum. Uh, one, two, and three, four. It is kind of. Okay, let me just read a little bit of this on the yeah. on the mic here. Okay, so wow, you have it for every stripe. Yeah, so we we have to follow the order also. I'm sorry. Okay. Just you need to lift it up again. Yeah, pull that thing right up to your face. Wow, so you have one stripe. Oh, it even has the drills. This is a very specific curriculum. Yeah, very forward, backward, roll, technical stand up, shrimping, left and right, trip to the knees, front head lock, mount back, stripe two, white, stripe three, and then yes, yeah, yeah. so wow, and then we literally. also have the curriculum video. Uh, my professor Nico, Nico Han, he demonstrate in the video, and 
and he doesn't explain much. He show you, but he doesn't explain much. He uh, only a little bit. So I add some a few details in the uh, in the video. I mean, in the class. So I just follow the curriculum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I like that. That it's because it's extremely specific. It's like exactly every single move you're gonna work that, that per stripe. But what happens then when you uh, start? mixing classes a lot like you know you have brown purple belts in with white belts or well, whatever. same thing i always adjust to the the the, the most uh beginner okay yeah yeah. i do the same thing mm. you have to go with the most basics whenever you have the right. white belts in the room i shifted away i mean we still use a curriculum and we, we we plan it out in advance but i'm more focused on like the rubric do you know what a rubric is Rub a rubric rubric uh, you may not have heard this word it's like a it's like an outline for how you do something. It's not like specific, like we're going to do this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I, I teach people how to teach, not like you're going to teach this, mm -hmm. right? But you're going to teach whatever you teach, you're going to teach these pieces. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, uh, we were doing some uh, Deli Hiva, mm -hmm. right? And when we were doing the Deli Hiva, I feel like a lot of the coaches, including myself, were, or any move or any guard or whatever, we were showing the whole move. Mm-hmm rather than breaking it down to like the fundamental movement mm -hmm. over and over and over again. So for example, it's like, if I'm going to teach you how to do a sweep from the Deli Hiva, mm -hmm. I'm not going to teach you the whole sweep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you first how to like control the guard and then how to off balance before I do anything else. Mm -hmm. So I want you to be really, really efficient at off balancing. This mm -hmm. is before the sweep. Mm -hmm. You got to know how to off balance people forward. Mm -hmm. You got to know how to off balance them backward, side to side. Every guard affords abilities to off balance in multiple directions. Mm -hmm. So like that is all we're going to do in the beginning is like mm -hmm. we get the Delaheva, boom, we pull the collar, we pull the sleeve, we stretch the legs, mm -hmm. person touches the hand on the mat. Mm -hmm. So we make that movement over and over and over because that is like the fundamental movement. Because mm -hmm. at first, or uh, originally I would be like, okay, this is how you do the sweep. Mm -hmm. There's so many steps mm -hmm. and they don't even know how to like properly have tension on the guard and just off balance people. Mm -hmm. Which is like the, if you want to have a good Deli Hiva sweep, you have to have a strong, efficient off balance. Mm -hmm. That's how everything is built around. So then, I, so anyway, uh, we still do the curriculum, like we're gonna teach these moves. But rather than the whole move, we kind of shifted down to like, how do you teach the actual movement first? And then once the movement gets really, really specific, when you know how to efficiently off balance, or in the case of the guard passer, regain balance, then you can start to do whatever. So rather than teaching like, we're going to do this move, this move, this move, this move, it's more like you just have to teach all of the moves in this way, mm -hmm. uh, you know? And then you can teach any guard. Like mm -hmm. you want to teach a spider guard? If you want to sweep somebody, you got to off balance them. Mm -hmm. If you want to teach a guard pass, you got to be able to regain your balance. Cause if you're get off balance, you're going to get swept unless you can build posture. Mm -hmm. Right. So we, we, we kind of shifted. Um, but that seeing stuff like that is, gives me hope because I know a lot of schools and a lot of teachers do no curriculum. Mm -hmm. They just like rock up and teach whatever. And that is the worst thing you can do. You can be great at jujitsu and be a dog shit teacher and have no like long-term planning with your classes mm -hmm. and your students will suck. Even if you're a fucking world champion black belt. Yeah. I mean, um, most of the students cannot remember more than, uh, three techniques. So we just try not to teach more than three, uh, yeah. just keep it one or two, uh, but more, uh, in detail. And if you have more high level students, like a brown belt pop about, I, uh, explain a bit more in detail and sometimes i you know go to the side and then i you know uh 
explain to them more uh, more things for them. But for the, the class, I think I just teach to the, uh, the, the, the beginner, the most beginner in the room. Yeah, that's, that always works, always works. Yeah, and I also feel like a lot of jiu-jitsu coaches don't, uh, they don't teach moves long enough. Like, mm -hmm. they don't teach positions for long enough. Like, dude, when I, when I was doing jiu-jitsu, it would be, like, almost a new thing, like, every week or, like, every other week. I do shit for, like, six or eight weeks. Because, like, you know, you get somebody that comes in once a week. I mean, Jake, you're a teacher. I mean, you, this is, like, classic just teaching 101, right? Yeah. You get a kid, I mean, it's a little bit different in school, but, like, running a jiu-jitsu program, if you get a student that comes in once a week and you want to change the curriculum after a month, it's like maybe they have three or four lessons. That's not enough to do anything. Like three or four lessons, you're just still exploring. You're just still like trying to find the thing. You need to do like six, eight weeks. And then even if the people only come once a month, like they at least have something. Like they have four or five lessons, six, eight. So you got to do like at least, dude, you should probably be doing like six to eight week blocks, like minimum. But it's the um, muscle memory as well that goes into it. That's the thing that takes forever to build. Like you can, you know, get the technique in your head and memorize the technique and even go through it step by step. But that doesn't mean you can do it because you've not got the muscle memory to do it. And as long as you're still thinking about it, you can't do it. And then it does take that six to eight weeks to develop the muscle memory. For sure. That's a good point, Jake. How long, Shinya, how long do you think it takes to actually build the muscle memory? Oh, that's like a, a, good a, dec a decent level of like basic proficiency, like I don't have to think about it anymore. My body is doing it for the most part. Maybe it's not fucking like master level, but like I can just execute some of the basic movements without thinking. How long do you think of retraining a movement does it take to actually get like a basic level of muscle memory? Um, that's a good question. To remember uh, step by step in your, your head, it takes at least six times to repeat. Yeah, six times. So six times to repeat in, in your head, but that's not the muscle memory. So after you remember the step-by-step, step, uh, you have to do it over and over with the resistance. So you need to have the partner. So if you repeat over and over, trying to get the muscle memory, it, it will not work. No matter how many times you repeat, you, it, you cannot remember the things in your muscle. You need to have the resistance. You need to have the uh, reaction from your partner. So it yeah. takes... Uh, Okay, it's not about how long or how many times, it's about the information. So you need to have multiple different uh, information. So meaning, if you only drill with a certain partners, you won't get much information. You need to have different reaction, different uh, uh, information from other people doing the same technique. That's so true, because even, I, I was thinking about it in my head as you were saying that, and if I'm gonna teach like a body kick, on the back, like you can just do that shit. Like you can rep, dude, you can do like 10,000 reps of a kick in just like a week or two if you're putting in. Because I did a, I figured it out one time because I do like 300 kicks as part of my warm up for the Muay Thai class. And then if somebody comes in like three or four times a week and they're doing 300 kicks for the warm up, and then they're also doing kicks on the pads and for other various things, in like a month or two months, you've got like thousands and thousands and thousands of kicks. But with Jiu Jitsu, you need a partner that's actually giving you appropriate responses. If they give you a shitty reaction, it can train you poorly, right? Like it takes two people like actively being attentive to have good drilling. Otherwise, you know, like a white belt drilling <coughs> and having a bad reaction can make you like learn how to do a move wrong, even if you're trying to do it right. Actually, that's true. But at the same time, you also need a, a white belt, uh, like 
like a city reaction. You need to have city reaction as well. Because people just sometimes do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean you need to, the first you need to remember in your muscle first, right? So yeah. uh, you almost, uh, you need to have partner almost have no proper reaction. That's also important also. Uh, so the first, you need to have three different kinds of partner. The first, less experienced than you, the smaller and less experienced. And then the second, the similar, you, the person who has similar experience and like a similar size. Yeah. And then you need to also have like more experienced people. So you need to have uh, three different. So, so if you learn the new moves and then you remember in your head and you have to try it with the, the least experienced guy. Uh, otherwise, if you try to do that to the, the more experienced guy, even if you do it like perfectly right, and then you know timing and everything is right, but it doesn't work sometimes because you yeah. know how to how to you know uh, counter it. Yeah. So uh, you need to have uh, the the least experienced guy, and then you try it on that, and then if it works on him like ten out of ten times, and you move on to the next level, yeah, similar experience, and then you know and more experienced guy. So yeah, and that's how you create yeah. systems, right? Because systems are all about reactions. Yeah. And people have multiple. There are like higher probability reactions like oh these are the most common reactions that people will have yeah. and then they're like these are some less common reactions and then these are like the spazzy white belt reactions <laughs> that, are like, <laughs> that are completely counterintuitive or whatever and uh yeah but that's how you build a system because it's like okay i'm just about to take your back you have multiple choices now yeah. you can turn toward them you can turn away from them you can turn whatever like you can turn this way, you can grab here, you can grab here, like whatever the case may be, you have multiple reactions that you can make. Right. And then that's how you build systems so that you have responses for each high prob probability reaction that somebody is going to have. Right, right. But you need good training partners for that because... Good e training partners, yes. Well, I should say, yeah, good, but also like attentive. Because one of my biggest gripes is that like you see some people drill and they're just like not home at all. Like they're not paying attention to what they're doing. Their brain is completely even if they're like good partners and good people to train with like you have to be a little bit focused still mm. when you drill and i got some of these people that like they're drilling and they're just off into space they're thinking about their job they're thinking about what <laughs> whatever the kids whatever the case may be it's like just zone in here zone in a little bit it's gonna feel good and then you can escape all of that that other shit you're thinking about <laughs> yeah actually uh, there are s uh, different types of the learners right so you somebody learning from the visual you watch the move step by step and you remember but some of the people are uh, only listening by step by step. Oh, first step, do this, this, and this. And then you lis listen and then you remember. And some people actually need to demonstrate and then you remember. You need to do those moves. Or some people only remember when the instructor applies the technique on you. Yeah, more yeah. tactile feeling. Yeah, right. So, but I, I, we all have three different senses to remember the things. But, but some people maybe extreme yeah, yeah. So that's a really good point i was just talking to uh, a couple of our coaches about that because like uh, and i've seen this before it's super common but a, a lot of time with like new coaches when they coach they lack a lot of specificity so the this is the thing that always drives me crazy like uh like an employee of mine or i'll hear other coaches do it they'll be like explaining the move and they'll say grab here and i'm like what what do you mean grab here <laughs> is it a cross grip? Is it a straight grip? Is it a sleeve grip? Is it a lapel grip? Is it a collar grip? Is it a, is it a right, right. pant grip? It, like you can be very specific with your language because if I'm, to Shinya's point, this is exactly what I said to uh, uh, one, of my, one of my coaches was, if I'm an auditory learner and you say grab here and maybe like I'm sitting on this end of the class and I can't see what you're grabbing, mm. it's not good teaching. 
Because if you say grab here and I don't have the perfect view or whatever, then I'm not going to see it. Two, if I'm more of an auditory learner, I can't register that kind of stuff. You need to be specific about how you describe things because then the auditory learners will understand more. And then a lot of times, like uh, when you start to repeat that over and over and over again, even if I didn't see it, I know that if the coach said it's a cross sleeve grip, then it's going to be a cross sleeve grip. I don't need to see it. He said it's a cross sleeve grip. That's the sleeve. I can either grab a straight grip with this hand or a cross grip with this hand. It's cross grip to sleeve. So that way, uh, even if like, you're, sh you're hazy on a detail, you might be like, how do I grip? Oh, he said a cross grip. Now, in the beginning, students are like, what's the difference between a cross grip and a sleeve grip? But after years of doing it, then when I'm in a competition and I say cross grip to sleeve, they'll immediately have that response rather than saying like, grab the sleeve. How? With what? <laughs> right? Like I need to, that's very different because depending on what move you're trying to tell me to set up, a straight grip and a cross grip are totally different. Right? So yeah, that's super important is to have that language very specific to and cater to a lot of the different styles of, of learners and you want everything. Mm -hmm. And so that's being specific with your language caters to the auditory learners. And then the visual, of course, making sure that you show everything from multiple angles, mm -hmm. which is another thing I have to tell the, some of my coaches sometimes, like don't forget to show them your feet. Right, don't forget to change the angle so that the people that are sitting over here or not sitting over here can still see everything. Very important, yeah. And you got to have those like systems in place because mm -hmm. it's so important like with the gyms to actually make sure that the quality of the teaching is improving mm -hmm. and not just like the same as always, right? And we're back, everybody. Sorry, I had to pee. Me and Shinya have been <laughs> smashing some Cold beers. Night, yeah. And uh, after smashing a few beers, the competition spirit comes out, doesn't it, Shinya? <laughs> the spirit of competition has uh, uh, shown itself again because you and me got drunk like <laughs> after the ADCC and started talking shit about the time you and me competed. And then I felt bad because I thought I didn't mean to like, I didn't want to come across as like rubbing it in. The, you, you asked me about it. I didn't bring it up just to, just to be totally clear. But then... But after a few beers, you were like, you know what, Luke? You need to give me that one back. We need to, <laughs> we need to have a rematch. Yeah, you, you owe me a lose. You know, I, I, I lost. Uh, I don't know how, how I lost. I lost my point. But I think I it was know. advantage. Was it advantage? I think it was advantage, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I still remember the, the referee was David Oy. Oh, he was a referee? David yeah. David oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember. And then Jason Quick was my corner. And then you are representing Evolve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I still have that match on my Facebook. <laughs> I posted like 10 years or whenever, eight, nine years ago, whenever it was. It was my first ever match in Singapore. Right. It would have been when you first got here pretty soon because I came here in 2012 or 2013 also. Uh, Maybe that was 2014? 2014, yeah, 2014, I guess. Something I like that? Yeah. I didn't know David was the referee. That's hilarious. David, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> rare, right? <laughs> I, I vaguely remember how the match goes. You shot in on me. I tried to get a guillotine. And I think they gave me an advantage for the guillotine, which I don't know how deep the guillotine was, but I was really trying hard to pop your head off with it. I know that. I'm not saying it was deep. I'm just saying I was really trying because I was. But in your I did mind. not want to go any longer than that. <laughs> and then I think you swept me, and then I swept you, or something like that. I think the score was tied, and I had yeah, the advantage for the guillotine. Yeah, and I tried to do the knee slides fast, and then Jason felt uh, that was an advantage, but that's not. And then I couldn't pass because I was. Uh, I stuck my ankle, right? And then I tried to kick your knee and I, you, you're complaining. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I had a knee injury going in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Yes, you're bringing back the memories, dude. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, you had me in a knee cut and you kicked back and tried to kick your... Which is totally illegal, by the way. I was being a bitch. No, no, no. I mean, I, yeah, after that, because uh, Shane, Shane Suzuki, 
he gave me the tips. Oh, this is how you pass because I, I need to change your hip angle. I need mm. to keep your base and move my hip a little bit farther, and then and now you can pass. You know, I need to use my hip. I need to use my butt to push your knee. I I shouldn't kick your knee. I, anyways, anyways, I but lost. I, I lost. But it's okay. I mean, I'm not. I don't have a problem. I was being a bitch, dude. I'm just trying to win. <laughs> I'll, I'll lie, cheat, and steal. I'll do whatever the fuck I gotta do to go in there and get a <laughs> go in there and get a. You w. ain't cheating. You ain't trying. No, no, no. It was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. No, you were the first guy that I ever competed with in Singapore. Wow. And then, I, dude, I really think the match was like two to two or something like that. So it's not. <laughs> it's it's. But we could do a rematch. We should. Yeah, I need to do it. I haven't competed. What do you weigh these days? Uh, Are we around the same? Yeah, I mean, I mean, my weight my around eighty. I'm uh, fat, uncle. Oh, <laughs> eighty. I'm gonna have to Floyd Mayweather you, bring you down to sixty six kilos, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna have to starve you. I'm gonna do whatever diabolical, dirty so what's cheating. Now? What's the weight now? Probably like 77, 78. 77, okay, we're, okay. we're close enough. I'm just seventy seven. Okay, seventy seven. I can make seventy seven. Yeah. And yeah, maybe we should maybe we should do it as a super fight at the end of the year. End of the year. Okay. Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. We'll do it, and we'll uh, talk shit before, during, and after. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be good fun. Show the students. Oh wait, if we're doing this, can we do it properly? Can me, Ron, and Stephen do comms? Oh, you want to commentate on? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> no, we're doing this properly. We're going to live you, stream. Stephen, right, and Ron. We, me, Stephen, and Ron are going to commentate. We're going to live stream it for charity. Other <laughs> people need to sign up for this as well. And it's got to be fun. So don't sign up if you're going to take it actually seriously. <laughs> Bro, if we do you, Stephen, and Ron on the commentary, it's just going to be ruthless shit talking of me the entire time. <laughs> That's literally all it would be. You three assholes just mercilessly roasting me the entire match. Yeah, yeah Shinya passes my guard and sweeps me or submits me, dude. I will never hear the end of it from these fuckers. All right. <laughs> Which no, I'm into. I'm fine. I think I think this is a great idea. Me too. I'm done. Yes, too. I'm we'll, we'll do it. For, you you guys can be the super fight at the top of the card. <laughs> we need more people to sign up, and we should get some ridiculousness going on as well. Yeah. How else can we promote this shit? <clears throat> we should just make this fun. And it, and uh, we'll pick a charity. Yeah. Any I, I can be. I mean, which format, by the way? I mean, ADCC. ADCC. Okay. ADCC. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Yeah, okay. Bro. Of course. <laughs> All right. But you're not allowed to judge the match also. This is bullshit. <laughs> I need some fucking okay, okay, to... impartiality in this uh, agreement, okay? You two, you two have got to pick a judge. Shinya judges the math, match. These three assholes on fucking commentary. I don't say the chance, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get crushed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somebody, maybe we can, I don't know, how, how do we do it? Eh? Well, that was a gi, so yeah, it'd be good to do a no That gi. was a gi, yes, that was a gi. Let's see what's up. I can do gi if you I want. I don't want to do gi, I suck, I, I, I <laughs> suck, suck at gi. gi. <laughs> <laughs> Most of our classes these days are uh, no gi anyway, so. Yeah, okay, well, let's definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. hey, wait, wait, November, is that your show? Can you do it on your show? End of November, ah. Uh, no, don't do, don't do it on your, that's, you yeah, see, Luke's already trying to trick you here, knowing your mind's <laughs> going to be somewhere else. <laughs> That's a trick. Yeah, see? <laughs> Mind games have started already. And I'm just going to start sending like all my students asking Shishinya random stupid questions over and over and over just to suck his energy away. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I can handle, you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll find a date to do it sometime at the end of the year. Because yeah. I, I can't even roll right now. So we still need to recover okay, the back I try to lose weight. We should, what should we do? That? 76, I guess, is fine. 76, okay, fine. 77, 77. 77. 77, yes. Catch weight, whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much 77 now. But I think we're about the same size. We did it before. Okay. We could so do it again. If you're keen and, you know, you've, you've held a good because years ago you lost to someone in a competition and you're watching this, just sign up. Yeah, just, just give exactly. Luke a shout. Luke will, Luke will match you with. Be like Shinya. Call me out nine years later <laughs> on a podcast while, while we're drinking together. Yeah, I'm, I'm so. 
No, we'll have fun, dude. That's, that's going to be sick. I enjoy it. A little friendly, little friendly competition. Good stuff. I don't mind losing, dude. I've lost so many times. It's like, really, that's the thing you learn about competing a lot. It's like, you're not as tied into the outcome. You're more tied into the process. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, of course, you still want to win. And you feel like shit when you lose. But it's only for like a minute. And then it's like, yeah, of course, nice I job, dude. You, you, yeah. you fist bump and you fucking move on with your life yeah. and everything's fine. And yeah. everybody that loved you then still loves you after. And, you know. <laughs> You just, that's what happens with competition. It's a, it's a friendly spirit. Yeah, it's so fun, yeah. <laughs> It'd be good. It'd be a laugh. Yeah. All right, so if you want that, if you want to see me and Shinya fucking get down ADCC style, you let us know. If the, you desire the super fight, we'll do it. And we'll do like a WWE style promotion. We'll just start talking <laughs> mad shit to each other. No one will be able to tell if it's real or fake. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'll have a good match, and then we'll do a podcast after and get drunk together. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And if you beat me, I still got one more. <laughs> so I, I still got a possible rubber match in the back pocket. So, all right. Shenya, one thing I did want to talk to you about was uh, we'll, we'll shout out your shows and everything also. You can, at the end, because uh, Jake's got to go before too long. Okay. Um, we'll, uh, I want to talk to you about that uh, broken neck. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Henner Gracie has done these videos lately yeah. on. Right, right, right. And it, it sort of brought up the conversation of, uh, I guess, safety when you train. Mm. How much are the coaches responsible for, like, brutal injuries? I mean, for those of you who don't know, there was a jiu-jitsu white belt that was rolling with a black belt somewhere, somewhere in California or something like that. Yep, and yep, he yep. tried to do the Leo Vieira rolling back take mm, and mm-hmm. then just, like, spiked this dude's neck, broke his neck. He became a quadriplegic for a while and he's getting back a little bit of his feeling and everything but it was just like a high risk move tried to jump over him when he's on his back trapped his arm spiked his head broke his neck and then they what was it was it 45 million jake is that yeah something like that 46 45 something like that i mean what do you think about that shinya i know that you must have seen some pretty bad injuries yes okay all right there are two or three different aspects okay the first um if you're instructor and then you injure your student, you need to pay, right? They signed the waiver, so they cannot sue us if they injured in, in the class. But if you are the instructor, you're teaching, and then you do those like dangerous moves, and then you injure your student, and then you have to pay. Yeah, I heard from uh, one of the students. My student is a lawyer, uh, lawyer, so he, he knows about the, the laws and stuff. And then he said, I, I still need to pay. So that's very dangerous so you shouldn't do it uh, because you need to pay <laughs> yeah and then also um i don't know um i didn't see the video uh really well i, I only saw a couple times let's start on jake so i, I can't can check but uh, it, it looks like it's not so dangerous move i'm not sure i, I, I think it's a bit too fast was well, the way he did it the way he did it was the problem because yeah, the he, he, yeah. he had his arm trapped so the guy couldn't couldn't pose couldn't yeah. post or couldn't turn his head and forward roll mm-hmm. and he like turned him into it i think the, the question is is like it's a question of negligence right because at a certain point okay accidents happen but at an on another on the other side of it at a certain point like you sh- should not be doing certain techniques right I know. From what I understand, from what Henry Gracie said in his video, mm. the guy didn't actually, the coach didn't have to pay anything. Oh, he didn't have the to pay The insurance companies oh, covered yeah. it. So, from what I understand, the actual guy who did it is not like paying out of pocket for this. Oh. So, it's not something like, oh, this coach that did this 
even if you take the side of it being an accident mm. and non and not negligent, <laughs> even the uh, coach didn't have to pay out of his pocket. My understanding from that video oh. that Hannah Gracie posted was that that guy didn't pay the insurance company's pay. Okay, okay, insurance company, yeah. So in that sense, it's better for the sake of the instructor. Yeah. Okay, so here, here we got it, Shinya. Right, let me run it full speed because nothing looks right. Ooh, but if you put on the Henry Gracie video, they isolate the neck and the arm in like a different color, and you can really see... Ah! Oh, God, that is fucking I, brutal. I'm currently injured my neck, so I cannot turn my head. <laughs> so if you watch this... Do you want me to put it up on screen? Yeah, sure, put it on the screen, and then make it slow as well if okay. you can. So they've got it normal speed, then it runs in slow-mo. Because what happens is he has the guy's arm trapped. Right. Instead of having a seatbelt or a double undergrip, uh, he he has double risk he has a, no he has an arm trapped. Arm trapped. So he's like, uh, and when he has the arm trapped, the guy can't post. He can't turn his head, mm -hmm. and he's spiking him over the the side of the arm that's trapped. Oh, mm -hmm. I'll put it up. Yeah, yeah. So let's see it. One sec. I don't know how to do this. So see, he's got with his left arm. He's got the guy's arm trapped. You see that? Yeah. Right. So he's on a bicep it's grip. Bang! Uh, yeah, it's the guy's left arm at the bicep that he's that he's got him slow mo uh, trapped now. in. So see his arm right now, his bicep. He's got the left arm over top. So that that his left arm is trapped, and then you just see the neck. Yeah. Oh, 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 he God. fell on it. Yeah, he, uh, he jumped on it. I. Oh. Yeah. I mean, is, at the end of the day, we don't. You know. Uh, you don't bake cookies and cakes, right? So we're trying to break the bone to each other. So, I mean, it's accident and... So how much of this do you put on... Uh, here's one thing that we know for sure. That instructor had no idea how to do that fucking move. Mm. I mean, I think that is pretty obvious that mm. he... Because you're supposed to tuck your... You're supposed to tuck their head. If you're trying to flip, flip somebody, you put the weight on the back of the head to tuck the chin. I put my ear to ear, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you have to come high up with your hips to tuck their head down. Mm. He literally just like jumped. Jumped on it, yeah. It's dangerous, so, yeah. So, okay, so what percentage do you put on the responsibility of the instructor and how much of it is like, quote unquote, like an accident? Ah. This is the real question, right? Wow, that's a, wow. What do you think? Is it instructor negligence or is it just like a freak accident? I mean, I think it's both. Did you hear Henner explain it? No, I didn't watch. So he, he released a video and explained yeah. it and just was talking about the question was just a, an issue of like negligence. Like, should the instructor have done this move to this person and this time? Mm. Yeah, and you can prevent. Yeah. I think that if the insurance company's paid out, it's fine. Mm. If that guy is expected to be broke for the rest of his life or a jiu-jitsu class that the kid signed a waiver for, it's like, I don't think that's, that's fine either. So basically, it seems to me like the coach is still working, and he has to go and he has to do this lawsuit. But from what Henner said, the insurance agencies are covering the cost. But having said that, Shinya, I think instructors do bear some responsibility for any negligence. I mean, if I'm if I head kick somebody and knock them out, and I'm like head kicking a six month or year long person that's done Muay Thai, and I throw a high kick and I throw it too hard, and they slip into it because they don't have the correct reaction, and I knock that person out, that's on me. It's like, do I really need to be throwing a head kick that I can't control against a six-month-old white belt? I don't know. I think it's a poorly executed move. I think it's like a, miss, a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. The guy is a, was a quadriplegic. He lost everything from the neck down, and then he's getting a little bit of his feeling can back. He can move now? He's a, he can move now a little bit. 
he had an Instagram page called the quadriplegic like hiker or something. He's like starting to walk now yeah. and everything. But I don't know. I don't want to see like jujitsu instructors go on the chopping block every time someone gets <laughs> injured because that's not ideal. Mm-hmm. But I also think like you gotta you can't be just doing shit like that. Like it's the yeah, it's the level of like accident like accidents are gonna happen though as well. You can't go through life acting like you're made out of glass and always really like you you know, you're gonna get hurt if you do any sort of combat sport yeah. now hopefully it's a little bit and it's not that bad yeah. but you know you you can't let that one event that's happened there and you guys know more than me like i can't say whether it's an instructor or it's freak accident or what but i think you know you can't go through life worrying that's going to happen to you because worrying that and worrying that's going to happen to you or something like that's going to happen and then not living your life is actually worse yeah. And yeah, there's some of this that's going to happen. Like, wasn't there a guy that got paralyzed from like a guillotine at um, at uh, Uriah Faber's gym? Uriah Faber. Did uh, you hear about that? I don't know. I um, no, I think I, it was an alpha male. Like someone went for a guillotine male. and then, or someone went on a double leg. The other guy went for a guillotine, spiked his head into the mat, and then also I think paralyzed. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I heard you know Dave. <laughs> Do you remember Dave? Dave. Dave. I don't know if I need to mention, but uh, you know the Jim Miller uh, guillotine in the MMA fight. I think he, he was still in amateur or pro. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's in the ring. It's in the YouTube. It's a, it, it went viral, and then he his neck went like really like from guillotine. Yeah, in a guillotine, mm. and then since then he become crazy. Like oh the, yeah, the opponent, and then I don't know. He every time he get drunk and he start fighting with other people. He was in the Singapore. Oh, he was oh. teaching the Jagannaths. Oh yeah, now I know what you're talking about. You know, yeah, I heard. Yeah, yeah. Every time, yeah, somebody mentioned about that, mm. and then they'd get crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I think this is one of those things where it's it's like relatively new. Yeah. Jiu Jitsu has been around for a long time now, but so you're gonna have some of these injuries. The thing with the neck break that makes it like liable for lawsuits is that you can see it. You can see the neck break. The guy's a quadriplegic. But do you know how many people have been fucked up in boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai gyms that have been knocked out? Like a knockout, you don't see it. Like you can see the person get knocked out, but that's long-term damage that's non-visible. Like if somebody gets CTE, it happens over 20 years of getting... And then they start to get punchy and they don't know what the fuck's going on and like... It's hard to make somebody legally liable for that because mm-hmm. it's an accumulation thing. Right, 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 right. Whereas with this neck break, it's like a one specific moment. You can see it. That guy's neck broke, and then now he's a quadriplegic. But, dude, I've seen so many people get knocked out in, like, striking training. Mm-hmm. So many. that probably should file lawsuits because <laughs> for negligence, I've seen coaches knock students out cold in the gym multiple times wow not here not in singapore <laughs> yeah. i'm not i'm not seeing it in singapore in in, in u.s or yeah I, I oh for sure i've wow. seen i've seen people get knocked out in singapore but i've not seen anybody get knocked out by a coach in singapore oh. but i've seen students knock each other out in singapore mm. um and when i was in america and in canada i definitely saw coaches knock out students and it's just like and it wasn't like super uncommon like if you let let your shit slip you know there's a good chance you get fucked up oh and the, but yeah, that's so different. That's like so many boxers, kickboxers, Muay Thai guys, like so many of them have been knocked out in training, but you could never file a lawsuit for that because mm. it's, it's, it's difficult to see. Yeah. You have to scan it and you ha- it happens over 20 years or whatever. Yeah, but this one, how did it happen? Like, did, 
Is it like just a sparring or just? Yeah, it was just rolling. Apparently, just the guy's rolling. a white belt, but okay. he's competed a little bit. Okay, so like he two has years of training, something like that. Years, uh, a few years, like enough where he knows how to react. Oh. But like the thing yeah. is, the coach though. Well, what's the relationship with the coach? Maybe he owes him like lunch money. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he owes him something. I mean, the jump on that move at that moment is like. But I don't. I don't. Why the coach do this kind of like a. That's that's why he lost the lawsuit because it became a question of negligence. Like, mm. he he should not have done this move. Like, there's so many ways you can take someone's back, especially a white belt. Yeah, and it's like, why you choose this relatively high risk one as opposed to all these mm. other ones? Yeah, and uh, and even when they were talking about the lawsuit, they said that um, that the guy had never taught the move before. Mm. So like in all of their training, this black belt who broke his neck had never taught this back take. So this jumping Leo Vieira style back take, if you've never seen it, like white belts have shit reaction anyway. Right, right, right. And then if you do have a black belt do a move that's high risk that they aren't super proficient at, that they've never taught anybody to do, now you have the recipe for a fucking disaster. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I never, I never happened to this kind of situation. Because most of the uh, white belt student, and uh, when I rode with me, he he tapped by my side control, so heavy, 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 and then tap. So I mean, I, I've never, I've never injured anyone. Like, yeah, I ever. never injured anyone. I've yeah. never injured anybody in the gym, mm -hmm. like ever. It's just weird to me to see, like, dude, his neck was so fucked up, and your head is supposed to be right next to their head uh, when you do that move. You yeah, can't you go to, off to yeah, the yeah. side and have that gap, right? And that's mm -hmm. where the head fucking. He, he shows though how rare it is that you know like it's not a common thing yeah it, this is such a rare event that this the sport is safe and these freak things happen and you can point to any sport and the you can see freak accidents like this like rugby people get the necks broken like soccer people have had the necks broken or had horrific injuries so it doesn't mean the sport's unsafe it just yeah and it, it shows how rare an occurrence this is that it's generated such headlines that like the biggest BJJ people in the world are commenting on it. I think it's the first actual lawsuit that's been awarded on the side of like the, because they have waivers in place, right? Mm -hmm. They still have waivers, but sometimes waivers can or cannot be completely absolute. So it's just the first time that the side of the law has fallen onto the actual victim of the accident. And listen, I'm all for that guy getting compensated. It, the question is, is you get into the specifics of like, what does this mean for BGJ training? I still think everybody understands like this is, there's some risk in this, right? Like you go train, there's a potential that you can get hurt. And yep. most likely you will to a small degree, right? You like bumps, fucking whatever. You know what I mean? Knee hurts or back, neck, whatever. But a broken neck that makes you a quadriplegic is not no. what you want. I'm glad that guy got, got his money. <clears throat> and again, by what, according to Henner, didn't have to pay out of his own pocket, the insurance company covered it because the gym had accidental insurance as well. Mm -hmm. And then there's waivers and all that kind of shit. So, mm -hmm. but injuries are brutal, man. When you injure somebody it is the worst. I have injured people, but it's like little things, you know, like all toe or the elbow, like hurt the elbow or the neck hurts the next day or whatever, but never like <laughs> anything vicious. But I cannot imagine breaking somebody's neck. That would be fucking disgusting. Like you would mm -hmm. just feel so shit. Mm -hmm. Like ruining somebody's life like that. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's, it shouldn't happen. Yeah, it's a stupid move anyway. Wow, we, I, <laughs> I never do this because I mean I cannot afford to do it. I'm, my, I'm too sad. <laughs> I remember, remember when Chael Sonnen tried it on Fedor and got knocked the fuck out? You remember that? 
Pull, pull that up, Jake. And then we, we can finish the podcast on this. I feel like you got to get out of here, so it's probably a good time. So, Fedor, do you remember this, Shinya? Fedor. So, Ch- Chael Sonnen tried to do this to Fedor. Oh, is that right? <laughs> you don't remember this? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, you don't remember this? I need to check. Yeah, I need to check. Yeah. So, he tried to do oh, the, the Leo Vieira back take. He, oh. he managed to get Fedor down, like, take, took him oh, down. Wow, and wow. And then he tried this rolling back take and <laughs> fucked it up and then ended up getting, like, smashed. This one? Would it be? Yeah. And then it's one. like, it was like when he tried to do the spinning back fist to Anderson Silva and missed and then got fucked up after that. Uh, I think we've already oh. missed it. Okay. Oh, wait, or maybe... Scramble. Let's see. So don't put this on yet, Jake. No, I, won't. Well, okay. I don't think we can. I think we'll get pulled. Oh, no. But you can probably do it. just the back take. But let's see if it... Maybe he'd gotten up already at this point. I, uh, uh, the house, Fedor's yeah, punches, the dude. Uh, Fedor's so good. You don't good. want one of those. Uh, yeah, so you just need Highlights. to go back to when he stands up. This Highlights. So this is an example of the Leo Vera back take gone wrong, which almost always it does. If you're not actually training that all the time, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just be like, oh, here, maybe this is it. Oh, no, that's what, God, Fedor Judo is so good, too. Oh. Look at the Judo, dude. The Judo is so good. See, there it is. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. There it is. All right, can we isolate just that and put it on? And this is technically commentary, YouTube. Okay, we're reacting. We're React only, videos happen all the time. Don't fuck with me. A few seconds of it from there. Okay, here yeah, we are. So, just <laughs> <laughs> so you see, that was pretty bad. Oh, have I gone too far? Yeah, his only problem is he didn't break Fedor's neck with it. That was his biggest mistake. There you oh, go. There you go. and he just slid <laughs> right off the top. One more time. If you're listening to this if and you haven't watched it. If he on the elbow, maybe he could hit. Yeah, he sort of forgot oh, to perfect. take him. This he is exactly hand, it. Yeah. Forgot to take the man with him. Yeah, it's oh, like, yeah. also hard to do this in MMA gloves. Like, and he's out immediately. Oh, he just... It's like, dude, you had his back. You had his back. What are you doing? Um, anyway. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. So, yeah, I think that Leo Vera back take is stupid, unless you're Leo Vera. Because uh, he hit it on a lot of people. He hit it on a lot of people back in the day. But don't do stupid moves. Mm. So, Shinya, uh, shout us out with these dates again. Uh, all the dates of all the uh, competitions lined up so people listening can sign up. Mm. Uh, which one? So the dates that you have for the rest of the year. So you have one in uh, November. That's the November, big one. November, yeah. November uh, 25th. That's the trials. Trials. That would be on UFC.com. UFC. Fight, Fight Pass. Pass. Fight yes, Pass, yeah. Yes. Nice. And then you also mentioned uh, another one in Bangkok. Bangkok uh, is in May. May 27th. Are you going for that one? I'm going, I'm going. You'll, you'll be there for that one. Yeah. And then I think I heard Yuri. Oh, yeah, Yuri. Yuri Shimon. Oh, is he, he going to do it? He's com- no, he's coming over to uh, the event. He's going to bring his students, uh, his brother Bruno. Bruno, mm. uh, you know, Bruno, he, compete- he competed, right? He competed in the uh, nationals. Yeah, he won the division. Yeah, he also, uh, and also Oz, uh, my friend Oz. Oz is going to do it too. Oz is going to do it too. Nice. So he's going to corner. And then Yuri is trying to do the event, I mean, the, 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 the seminar. Seminar in Bangkok. I'm trying to work on it, trying to arrange. And also he's coming over next week here. To Singapore? No. He's here. He lives here. Um, he's in Singapore. Uh, he's traveling all the time. Uh, but he wants to come over to the podcast. Your podcast. Oh, yes, Yuri. Yeah, I promise Def- you. Yeah. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, get Yuri on the podcast, bro. That'd be fucking sick. Right, right. So, so yeah, yeah, I talked to him, and he he said, yeah, he he can make it next week. Next That's week. Why I asked next you, 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 next Sunday. Next Sunday, two p.m. 
Jake, have time can yep, you do come. Yuri next year? Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, Get the ADCC okay, gold medalist on the podcast. podcast. Yeah, he, I think he's supposed to be in uh, somewhere in Asia. I don't know if I should mention, but uh, yeah, uh, I can talk to him now. I can make sure. I can call. I can phone call. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Ne- definitely let me know. I'll have him on anytime. Okay, hold on. So, uh, okay, let me check. He said he's on some. He's in Philippines. He's supposed to be in Philippines. Oh, he's in the Philippines right now. Yeah. Are you calling him right now? Yeah, I'm calling him now. Oh, I'm sure. All right. Call, call Yuri Samoy from the podcast. I just want to, yeah, make sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like this. It's exciting. It's a bold yeah, it's move. a surprise. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> on the podcast, too. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be in the podcast. Your podcast. No, I love how you're calling him on the podcast, too. That's the best bit. <laughs> Unless he fucking ghosts you, dude. <laughs> but I know he's, uh, he's one of the students invite him to come over to Philippines. Mm. So if he does answer, I know where he is, so... I know he'll be busy in Philippines. Yeah, because he's at Pineapple, right? So he's literally, Pineapple, right? he's yeah, just yeah. down the road. Right. So I live like, if those of you listening, I live like five minute walk from Pineapple, so. And I told him I'm going to call him and he said he might be busy doing something. Okay. Yeah. Well, even if he doesn't answer, put in a good word for me yeah, and we'll, we'll happily talk to him. Because, uh, yeah, uh, the word was that you wanted to get him for a, a super fight, right? Right, right, right. I'm trying to make his super fight um, with Craig Jones. Yeah, that and would Craig be Jones agreed to sick, it, dude. and then yeah, I text Craig Jones, and then he said, "Okay, he can do it." But I heard uh, I cannot say which organization, but other organization also interested in uh, Yuri versus Craig. Yeah. Um, so not sure. Uh, if oh, I mentioned to you though, if you if you need help, let me know. I can sponsor some of it. Oh yeah, right. right. I, I talked to you about that on the. I'll, spo- I'll throw a little stronghold podcast sponsor into that thing. Yeah, we need sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need sponsors for. (laughs) Yeah, the the you know get him on the podcast. I'll sponsor the shit out of him, dude. (laughs) Sponsor the shit out. Yeah, I'll bring him. I'll bring. I mean, he he said he can. You know, I asked him to come over to the podcast, and then you know, can you do it? And he said, okay. He's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, he was actually uh, even back in the day. He was he uh, was talking to Arlene Ahmed about working at Trifecta. So I know he like had Singapore on his radar for quite a while. Uh, yeah, so it's nice that he's here. Anyway, yeah, let me know about that. I'll, I'll, I'll throw some sponsorship there. Right. I try to do as much as I can. I sponsored the Lion City MMA event. And all oh, you did? Kind of yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll sponsor some shit. I'll sponsor some local competition, man. Mm. Hell yeah. Uh, all right, so we have the the ADCC in Bangkok. That'll be on Fight Pass. Fight you Pass. have the November ADCC. That'll be on Fight Pass. Fight Pass Anything else this year? Um, also, mm, Anything. You said you're thinking about putting uh, another show on. Oh yeah, August, August. I'm trying to make it uh, one more event uh, before the trials mm. because that's good for the competitors. Um, yeah, but I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. I need to look for some venues and stuff. Yeah, I'm not but sure. We'll yet. see how. We'll see how. Yeah, we see how. We see okay. How. Well, in any case, follow ADCC uh, Singapore, ADCC Southeast Asia. Yeah, you do both, right? Yeah, we have. Uh, yeah, we have both. Yeah. ADCC, so, Southeast so follow that if you are a Nogi competitor, and Shinya will update all of that stuff. Anything else to shout out before we uh, finish this thing up? Yeah, we we sometimes give away some free uh, entries for the trials because trial we trials will be expensive, <laughs> more yeah. expensive. But uh, uh, we give away all the free entries for the winners all the time. Uh, for the previous, com- if you win the previous competition, 
you get to compete in the next one also. You get the free entry. Yeah, free, you get a free entry. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. So no excuses, bitches. <laughs> Let's go. We need more people in these competitions. Uh, Build up the, the nogi scene here yeah, in Singapore. Yeah, we need Singaporean to win the trials because we yes. host in the trial uh, in Singapore, right? Yes, yeah. we need a Singaporean to win the trials. Yeah. That, that would be the best. Uh, but it's going to happen eventually. It's a, it's a process, man. Everybody here, is, uh, everybody here is obsessed with the pajamas. Everybody here is obsessed <laughs> with their gi training, which I get. But also, it's boring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about one more thing. I don't know if you have time. Still have time. I went, went out with Tom DeBras with the Yuri, right? Oh, yeah. You told me about this. Yeah, yeah we went to uh, right behind um, uh, Japanese barbecue place. Mm. Right? We had a good time. We ate. And then they eat a lot. Right? They're they like, like 100 kg. Yeah. But they... Uh, actually, my wife and son, uh, I go there often, right? My wife and son eat more than them. <laughs> Your wife and son eat more than Tom DeBlas and your smoice, really? Yeah, they eat. They don't eat much. I don't know. They, I don't know. <laughs> we went. We went. We went uh, with the uh, Nigel. Nigel is the pineapple MMA mm-hmm. owner. Uh, four guys, right? And then they don't eat much. Really? Know. Yeah, it's a free flow, right? It's a free flow wagyu buffet. Japanese yeah, yeah, buffet. yeah. Um, but but they, they don't eat much. So what what did you guys talk about? Oh yeah, they talk about okay. Uh, injuries and all the competition stuff and how conditioning and stuff. I don't. I I shouldn't talk much about the detail here. Oh, you having some secret conversations <laughs> yeah, secret com- with Tom DeBlas? There's some noise. Come yeah, on, we had a good time. We had a good time. Yeah. yeah, one thing for sure. We had a good time. We had nice. a good time. <laughs> did you guys just eat? Yeah. Was did that? you just eat? Did you just eat? Did you drink? What did you guys do? Yeah, we yeah, yeah we drink and oh. eat. And, yeah. Okay, next time. We had a good time. Yeah, call, I cannot talk about Call your time. friend, Shinya. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> yeah, please, I'm sitting, please don't. I'm sitting yeah, right nobody, here. Yeah, yes, yeah, Invite right. your buddy. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't pause on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great, yeah, that's a great talk. I, I'll talk to you about it. Later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> please. Next time, invite me, bro. Come yeah, on. No, no, I get it. You don't want to push. <laughs> you don't want to push. Because no, you have a million people that would go to that meeting. No, actually, you know, you know that was on Chatry's schedule. Because he was invited for the one FC event. It was on Chatri's schedule. Cha- he was on uh, Chatri's schedule, so uh, he f- he changed the date and time uh, a couple okay. times. So the, I, you know, I, I canceled my class and I, you know, because I wanted to see him, I wanted to talk to him about the, the ADCC. Yeah, that's why I, I had to make uh, time. But I, it was so hard to catch up because, you know, uh, Yan Yan is holding ADCC China. Mm-hmm. Yan from uh, Equilibrium, yeah, 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 yeah. and then he was in charge of China. So I wanted him to be in the in the, the meeting, but he couldn't make it mm. because Tom changed the the, the 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 schedule a couple of times. And it, I understand though because he was on Chatri's schedule. I think he's filming The Apprentice as well. Exactly, he that was one, filming The Apprentice. So that's yeah. why I understand he's super busy. Yeah, he cannot commit. I mean, we make a promise. We we knew we we, we were gonna meet. But uh, yeah, we didn't. We just didn't know when. But we really was happened to be there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to have either one of them to talk with them, especially Tom DeBlas. He seems like just the nicest dude. He's a nice guy. Like though. his Instagram and social media is amazing. Yeah. I feel like he nails everything that he says. Seems like a really sweet dude. Like just a nice guy. He was like a special ed teacher. So I can always sympathize with another teacher. Very good teacher. Many people are like texting him, like messaging him all the time. He was on the phone all the time. He he needs to text back. He needs to answer back. Yeah. He's so busy. He's very, very busy. Yeah. yeah. And but seems a like nice a guy. super turned on dude. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's cool, man. So yes, <laughs> maybe everybody, listeners, you're a Samoyce. We get the ADCC gold medalist 
uh, on the podcast. Should not be difficult. He's supposed to live here some of the time. So, and yeah. I work. I literally live like five minutes away from where he works. We can figure this out together. Oh, yeah, let's yeah, let's go training. Uh, he yes, he let's go training he, together. You know, yeah, we can go training. Yeah, I, I try to ask him. Yeah, I try to ask him. Okay, let's go we'll arrange that. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Anything else, Jake Shinya? Shout all out good, before we good. wrap this bitch. Okay, everybody, <laughs> you guys are listening to the Stronghold Podcast. Shinya, head of Southeast Asian ADCC, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, and one of my oldest rivals and friends in Singapore. <laughs> Maybe we put this shit to bed at the end of the year <laughs> If you want to see me and Shinya go at it, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate that. And uh, follow all the ADCC Singapore stuff, because uh, this man is committed to building the Nogi scene in Singapore. Jake, I love you. Thank been been a while. This. It's been good. Thank you for doing this again. It's good to have you back. Thank you, Jake. Oh, Shinya, no, thank you for coming here as always. Everybody, this is the Stronghold Podcast. We are out. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.